hey, you clowns are on dope. That's right. Coming up, our hot take on the cult classic cinematic masterpiece, Shakes the Clown, a.k.a. the Citizen Kane of alcoholic clown movies. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Oh, hey, listener. Welcome to episode 75 of the Magnificently Huge podcast. Uh, this is Chris, and this week, along with Eric and Brian, we're going to dive into a, well, it's a, a cult classic by most definitions, and one that we regard highly. A little number directed by Bobcat Goldthwait, his directorial debut, called Shakes the Clown. Uh, what is Shakes the Clown? Well, if you don't know, let me tell you. It is the Citizen Kane of alcoholic clown movies. That is no lie. It's a dark comedy about a clown who's just searching for inner peace, but suppressing everything with gallons and gallons and gallons of booze. It's sort of a lost weekend meets the day the clown cried, but it's eminently funny. Lots of quotable dialogue, uh, early roles for Adam Sandler, you got Julie Brown, Kathy Griffin, a bevy of stars. Tom Kenny, who would later go on to SpongeBob SquarePants fame. It's got a lot going for it. Uh, so, yeah, if you uh, like your clowns drunk and you want to hear us talk about that some more, keep listening. Meanwhile, if you want to email us, send us a little chatter to uh, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from folks, suggestions, uh, comments, whatever. Uh, you can also find the show on your various podcasting platforms out there like uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, etc. Pretty much wherever podcasts are found, you can probably find us there. So when you're uh, listening, make sure you rate the show, uh, leave some comments, share us with your friends. You know, just help us out a little bit. Give us a little love and uh, validate us because we're fragile and uh, we need that validation. Uh, or you can head over to our website, maghuge.com. All the shows are posted there. You can catch all the links, find out where you can listen to other shows, because we've got 74 other whoppers that you can choose from. We had fun on every single one of them. Yes, we did. And then finally, uh, head on over to our Twitter feed, at MagHuge. We're on Facebook at MagnificentHuge Podcast. We're even on Instagram, and you can interact with us there as well. And then we're also posting nonsense uh, nonstop. So do that. Why don't you? So without further ado... Because uh, I've rambled long enough, and we're going to get into it. Uh, cult classic, Shakes the Clown, and all the love we can muster for it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast! Blah, 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 blah. With your hosts, Brian Kruger. Hi. Chris Ryerson. Hello. And me, Eric Reed. Eric Steak Reed. The funny begin! <laughs> uh that's probably our best introduction ever thank you thank you you're welcome yes. um i tried I, yeah you did you did you deserve uh, a gold star thank you <laughs> i really do chase those gold stars i am nuts about that yeah i am so millennial how's uh how's everybody today good 
I'm recovering from food poisoning. Ooh. We, yeah. we said together, that's the worst Ooh, shit. Lucky me. What, do you know what was the tainted item? I do. So, and that's not even going to make it into the, the next segment. I tried to go see the, uh, the touring company of Hello Dolly because I'd forgotten to pawn my tickets off onto somebody else yeah. and had, uh, had the salmon at the normal restaurant across the street from uh, Gamage. Now, the normal <laughs> has been remodeled and they've redone their uh, menu and don't eat the salmon because <laughs> I, I didn't know by the intermission if I had an, a, a strong urge to vomit because of the show or the salmon, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was the salmon. It's like left over, at intermission. Over, done. It's like yeah. uh, like eating gas station sushi. Just don't do it. <laughs> oh my god! I'm like I'm, I'm. You know how some people are like, you know they've they've fought with Jose Cuervo and lost and sworn off tequila. Well, Been I there. think that did me in for fish. So yeah, no more fish. God damn it! I'm See, sorry. You, the fish is okay. You got to swear off botulism. <laughs> oh yeah that's what yeah. i'm doing wrong excuse me yeah, waiter yeah. uh i'd like a a full salmon but can you hold the botulism please botulism light that's what you got that's the code yeah i i this was thursday night it is sunday we're recording this i'm still feeling yeah. it like yeah it has not been fun Maybe you should just is a motherfucker yeah, yeah you should just switch to the cocaine and tapas diet and uh call it a day <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you know, it is kind of like, uh, you know, part-time bulimia, so it's a good way for me to lose some of that holiday weight that I gained just from, brush you your know, teeth. Christmas. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing about bulimia, yeah. you got to brush your teeth. Ladies, the bulimia, it does make you look better, but your teeth are going to go, so you got to brush them if you're going to vomit. This seems like the perfect intro for a show about Shakes the Clown, honestly. Indeed. So... <laughs> It's very uh, serendipitous in some ways. I, I'd like to share that last night, apparently, I woke up my wife four times with night terrors. I apparently am now screaming in my sleep. And not like, not like, ah, ah, ah. More like, ah! Like, Maybe like you've got subconscious botulism. Yeah. You you watched Hello Dolly, didn't you? That's what happened. <laughs> with Carol Channing. Well, hello, Dolly. Well, hello, Dolly. I love Dolly. Oh, that makes me think we should do like a... You belong. <laughs> we should play... Let's play a quick game of uh, Mary Fuck Kill. Carol Channing, uh, Ethel Merman, or Judy Garland. Go. Oh, Carol Channing, all three. <laughs> I would, I would, I would marry her. I would fuck her, and then I would kill her. That's what yeah. I'm hearing. Okay. That's great. <laughs> well, uh, before we get into the show, uh, do we want to do our uh, our fresh shit? This shit is fresh. Oh shit, that is fresh. This stuff is real. Fresh. Yeah, yeah. Let's do the fresh shit. Wait, no, that's the that's the fried shit. Sorry, fresh shit, fresh shit. Yeah, our previous episode was nothing but, uh, which was an interesting experiment. Uh, but now we're back to the quote unquote short version. Yeah. If you will. Fresh shit on uh, 45. So I'm, in, I'm intrigued by the Hello Dolly thing. So if. Uh, if there are no objections, I would like to hear Brian go first. 
yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I mean, it's Hello Dolly. Okay. Um, Is she looking swell, it, Dolly? Uh, was it, I can't tell. Was it so nice no, to have her so, back where she belongs? I I get the In impression the that <laughs> I've never I've never liked Hello Dolly as a show, right? Like it's just it's it's so fucking sexist and yeah. i didn't realize it but it, i guess it's from like 1964 or mm-hmm. something like that yeah. it's not even like an old show well uh, that's but that's I'm still kind of the really period. only yeah that's kind of the acme it, of sexism yeah it lives or dies i guess on a on a high wattage star turn so you have to have a carol channing or a bet midler to pull this show off carol Betty buckley was our lead <laughs> betty buckley who was singing flat and then wait, our wait, secondary wait. lead was singing sharp, and it was Betty so, Buckley. Yeah. So it was dis- Betty Buckley played Dolly. Yeah, God Betty Buckley sang poorly. Well, yeah, she was flat. That's it weird. Was, it was not good. But I'm glad because um, she stayed at our hotel once, and she was really bitchy. So good. Really? <laughs> yeah. Did she sing any, uh, anything from Cats? Anything? anything no, she was singing Hello okay. Dolly. Okay. The other thing I guess is is that you know the the way it's supposed to be staged i didn't know this i had to like look this up on wikipedia that there's a there was like this small letter d shape to the stage where there was like a line and then a small curve and there was this little d- w- semicircle ish kind of wedge section of the stage that no one would step on they could step right over it it was like less than a, a leg stride and i guess the way it's supposed to be set up is that that art that Semicircle is supposed to envelop the orchestra, and she's supposed to like walk out past the orchestra and sing. And it, the way they've got the touring show stage, it's just that there's this weird no go zone on the stage for no freaking reason. That's so amateurish. Um, That's like something uh, that we would have done in high school. Wait, was this a no, gamage? No, we wouldn't have bothered. <laughs> was this <laughs> gamage? Because okay. they've got that one section of the. Uh, the downstage area right. that you're not supposed to cross because that's how the sound moves. Maybe they they, they could have done it. Maybe and they, actually, I think sound wise it was fine. Like it, I wasn't getting damaged. the The blend was good. Although I'm wondering if the the people on stage were having trouble hearing the orchestra because they kept getting off pitch. Oh. Maybe you were just uh, more concerned with whatever explosive diarrhea or whatever was uh, happening with your food uh, poisoning. I, I was definitely not comfortable. Okay, I will say that the sets were were. Okay, so a lot of Broadway shows, the sets are sort of abstract, and they have, like, you know, big scaffolding rectangle things that just kind of fly around and try to be all of the scenes. Hello, Dolly has some old-school, like, giant scrims and a train the size of the entire stage and a, <laughs> and a cool horse and carriage gag and shit like that. So, so for me, just, we spent a lot of money to put on this stupid-ass show <laughs> perspective. They sure did put the money on the stage. Look. Would they have been able to translate that to, say, an Ice Capades version? Or is it just strictly? Yes. Okay. I completely think that... Uh, as far as these old Broadway revivals, I gotta say 42nd Street is is definitely the one to go see. 42nd Street is the shit. Okay. Duly noted. <laughs> I guess then, we're coming into that time whatever, where right? revival shows are gonna stop being stuff our parents and grandparents were into because they're all dead. So, like, the next no, wave of revivals is gonna be like... Um, I, I think I they'll know, be white express and shit. Yeah, I think they'll still come around. Uh, they'll still come around. Uh, yeah, I think they will too. Anyway, I left halfway through the show and threw up all night. Um, <laughs> That's like a review and a half right there. 
<laughs> it's just like no context. Just I left the show halfway through and threw up all night. That's what I think of your yep. show. That's my review. <laughs> uh, and that would then, be a great YouTube review, though. Here's what uh, I thought of the show. Blord. Yeah. Hello, hello, Dolly. Hello, Salmon again is more like it, if you know what I mean. Oh. Well, drink some water. Yeah. Hydrate. Salmon, hydrate. Right? Hydrate. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of things that'll make you throw up. Things that make you throw up. Things that make you go. Hmm. So my other freshman, I got a couple of uh, bits of Oscar bait for us. Okay. Um, and specifically, the thing that'll make you throw up is Vice President Dick Cheney. Um, I went and saw Vice. How was it? I almost went and saw it, but didn't. I liked it. Um, okay. Now, I haven't seen The Big Short, which is these same people's yeah. previous movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, boy, oh boy, was I actively in the I hate George W. Bush camp <laughs> during his yeah. presidency. Well, yeah. And they they nailed that shit. Um First of all, yes, Christian Bale basically is Dick Cheney. He is spot on. You could have intercut footage of the real Cheney into this movie and you wouldn't have noticed. Which is weird. Um, it's just weird. Uh, he, he did this great thing. He was at the Golden Globes last week and, and getting his award. And they asked him, you know, what did he refer to uh, to get the character down? He said Satan. He's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, he said he was Satan doing Satan for his help. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff in it. Uh, Steve Carell is, is the, is the thing that sticks out cause he's playing Don Rumsfeld yeah. and he's just Steve Carell. Okay. You know? <laughs> was he like a, was he a dick um, or was he like a sympathetic character? Cause Cheney shot him in the face. No, Cheney shot, shot a different guy in the face. Oh, maybe that's just they my, actually, that's my fantasy. Texas Real footage. It's my they showed real footage of the guy who Cheney shot in the face apologizing for having gotten shot in the face because that's the thing yeah, that happened. Yeah. It's weird, right? It wasn't just me thinking that's weird. Uh, no, I yeah, I would recommend it. I think it's a good Netflix watch or something like that. Okay. Um, I didn't quite, you know, they, they nailed Cheney down for basically creating ISIS because the guy that he used to make the tenuous ties to Osama bin Laden ends up being the ISIS founder. Yeah. Um, they, I didn't realize that Cheney was as involved in pushing the unitary executive stuff as he was. I thought that was more of an Alberto Gonzalez thing. Yeah. He's like a, uh, he's but just, I looked it up and it matches it. It checks out. He's like a weird puppet master. That was the deal, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. So. The only thing that, that that they're really criticizing the movie about on historical accuracy is in the movie Cheney's only real ideology is power and they're like no no he was a neocon asshole too he believed in this shit more than the movie gives him credit for and he shouldn't be off the hook for that yeah none of them should but yeah the end credits are fun they um they make because Cheney's uh Cheney's Secret Service call sign was Angler because he's a fly fisherman. And they have a bunch of fishing lures that are like a television or a bullet or <laughs> the American flag and <laughs> shit like that. It's, that's what they put the credits over. It's fun stuff. Nice. Yeah. I had a Dick Cheney impression I would always pull out and nobody cared because nobody knew what he sounded like because nobody followed Dick Cheney. I always figured he wanted to stay in the background. He wanted to control it, but he didn't want to be seen because he's a perfect Machiavellian. 
Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, that's that's basically. I like it. that because of the Daily Show, everybody thought he sounded like the Penguin from the Batman TV show, <laughs> Burgess <laughs> Meredith. <laughs> yeah, have you seen John Oliver does that for Jared Kushner now? He he says no one has heard Jared Kushner's voice, so this is what we think he sounds like. And then they have Gilbert Godfried read. <laughs> Jared nice. For someone with the amount of power that he has, have you ever heard him speak? Seriously, what does his voice sound like? You don't know, do you? And look, it wasn't easy, but we did actually manage to find an interview of him talking on TV in 2009, and here it is. My main business is real estate. I also own a newspaper and some other websites and online media uh, business. All I can say is, uh, F Dick Cheney. I remember I was coming home on a Sunday once uh, from the grocery store, and there was only one way into my neighborhood, and we picked the exact time that Cheney and his motorcade decided to leave the DPS facility, Department of Public Safety, for some inspection or something. And they basically had the police block off the main thoroughfare that we were trying to turn off of to get into our neighborhood. They just wouldn't let anybody through. So we had a car full of groceries, and it took us an extra 40 minutes to go an extra you know, 100 feet or whatever. I was so pissed. <laughs> and after that, I'm yeah. like, yeah. Eat a dick. That and like what? 10, 15, 20,000 people dead in Iraq. Between the two of those stories, I think definitely yeah. he's an asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but that's that's your first uh, like taste of personal affront. Uh, and after that, I was just like, yeah, I hated you before, but I really wish someone would just fucking punch you. Now, <laughs> to the listeners, what they have to understand is that Chris had left the country and was traveling uh during 911 <laughs> yeah. and so for him to say that the thing that makes him want to say fuck Dick Cheney was that and not coming back to <laughs> post 911 America without going through the indoctrination transition process I had What the fuck was that yeah, like I I had gotten used to just being mistaken for a Canadian and so that's pretty much just the vibe I went with when I got back <laughs> so oh. uh you know <laughs> just stayed I just Canadian. I just stayed Canadian at heart really sorry not so, sorry based power grab uh uh several thousand soldiers dead in iraq and 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 grocery spoiling so so yeah. that's three yeah but mostly the groceries boy thing. you must really hate dick cheney yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh i'm seething hey and vice I've, do they mention the groceries you know they gloss over that yeah i wouldn't they, they really i wouldn't yeah. give them the rights so sorry about that Sorry, my bad. Yeah, you should have done that. You could have <laughs> cashed in, got yourself some groceries. Yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> and then my other Oscar bait, I went and saw On the Basis of Sex, which is the um, the dramatized Ruth Bader Ginsburg movie. Oh, uh, with, uh, with uh, what's-her-face? Felicity from, Jones yeah, from Rogue One. Rogue One, yeah. So, there. first of all, one of the first impressions you get from this movie is that it's funded by Alibaba Films. And one of the last impressions you get from this movie in the credits is that they filmed it in Canada. And I'm just saying, why were either of these things necessary to make a movie about Ruth Bader Ginsburg? But anyway. Well, Alibaba um, Films is really big into production now because that's like the whole overseas market, basically. So I get that. Yeah, but you should be giving your cash where it belongs to a decent American, American artist, artist like, like myself. myself. <laughs> You'll dance to anything. Okay, this is an important film. It really, really actually is because yeah. 
ever since junior high or high school, they would talk about, you know, sex and what is first base? What is second base? I want a film that teaches me what the bases of sex are, because I don't know what first base or second base or any of these things are. It tells you that, though. Well, right. You'll be pleased to know, Eric, that there is a scene uh, in this movie where Ruth Bader Ginsburg's husband, played by Arnie Hammer, gets to second base with uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Felicity Jones, there's like a love scene where now you have to think about sex with Ruth Bader Ginsburg for having watched this movie. Oh, so when don't thanks I? for that, you feminist movie. No, but Job well done. they should have subtitles that say, you know, first base you know like this constitutes first base and then like <laughs> second base this is the second base and third base you have to go online because it's not yeah, a good film. and then at some point you cut to a tv playing who's on first by abbott and costello <laughs> i don't know third base. <laughs> so is it good not good would it be advisable to skip What's your take? It's good. It it only really covers the first case that she uh, litigates. Okay. If you've seen the RBG documentary, that's much more about her career. Um, this is more about who she was as a person and and the legal underpinnings of 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 what she was trying to accomplish. You know that the thing that they're doing is there's like all these laws where it's you know various legislatures have written laws that explicitly say yeah men this women that and so what and um nobody wants to hear any challenges to those on a constitutional basis and it's not until there's a tax law that disadvantages a man that she's able to make a constitutional argument um that laws that are written that way should be deemed unconstitutional nice um so that's that's the case that she ultimately uh litigates okay it's it's a good film but but it's hard to watch any movie about ruth bader ginsburg when she's missing oral arguments for like the first time in her career ever because of her cancer while trump is in the white house and mitch mcconnell is in the senate and i want to like can we bake a cyborg body for her please (laughs) last at least a year or two it's like transformer armor Okay, I you do wonder if like a movie like this would be out if uh, you know Body of Binky wasn't our current president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I well, mean, I assume it was put into production, you know, ahead of uh, ahead of the election. I'm assuming they were expecting there to be like. Hillary Clinton in the White House and Ruth Bader Ginsburg would be stepping down so Clinton could nominate her replacement. That's why we have the documentary and this or something this year. <laughs> so much for that, if that was the plan. Yeah, I think folks. I think the uh uh RBG documentary was, you know, just a celebration of an awesome woman. But once the Trump train came to town, it was, oh my God, everyone pray for this woman, even if you're an atheist, because <laughs> there's very little defense left mm, i want to see it, what, well, what they mean I, by the way calling i see it balls and strikes because the way i see it now that there are democratic not people people running for the democratic nomination for president there's an election on and and according to mitch mcconnell's rules uh we can't put anybody new in the supreme court until after the presidential election because there's a presidential election going on right well that's right, con- mitch that's convenient right convenient yeah. You no, didn't. I'm. Oh, I'm really reaching here. No, no, no. That, but I mean, I think 
you know, if Mitch McConnell would speak, because he he never speaks if he doesn't have to. He'll just sit there and look at you like, don't be an asshole. I, I you know what I'm doing. <laughs> of course we did. Yeah. I, I, we didn't do it because we didn't fucking have to. What are you kidding? But we're in charge now, so we are. So go fuck yourself, I Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Mitch McConnell, who is single-handedly keeping the government closed while we record this podcast. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, Mitch. Okay, so you did two. So, uh, yeah, that's my light and frothy, fresh shit. So for two, ya. two political um, biopics of uh, yeah opposing. It's uh, January. Spectrums. There's. There's only so many movies out yeah, there. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot. I, I don't think I can watch that kind of stuff right now because the reality of what's going on is so jarring. It's like I, I have trouble watching Rachel Maddow, and I feel like I have to so that I can keep up with this to then Honestly, have it spill into my entertainment. That almost hurts. Well, all right. Yeah, go see Vice because it'll remind you just how much you hate fucking Bush and Cheney, and they're they're so hateable. It's It's worth watching yeah. for that. Well, it, and uh, Sam Rockwell does a, a oh, pretty yeah. solid George W. Bush. I, I thought say. I see him in the commercial. Casting. I see him in the commercial, and it just it reminds me of his portrayal of Zaphod Beeblebrox in the. And I was thinking movie. that's what that's what he was doing when he did Zaphod. He was yeah. uh, being George <laughs> yeah. Bush. So yeah, wow, serendipity, my man. So well then, Eric. Anyway, that's all I got. What what so, fabulous yeah. stuff have you done, Eric? Then, if you're not watching political biopics. This week, I started watching, and I'm almost done with, uh, Feud, the story of Joan Crawford and Betty Davis making um, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Oh. Who was that in that? That was a... Susan Sarandon was born to play Betty Davis. Okay. Uh, And, um, oh boy, I always forget her name. I feel like it's Jessica Lange? Thank you. Jessica Lange is playing Joan Crawford. It. It, it, it is it's really good it's really ryan murphy ish which means you know there's there's an edge of camp to everything but i'm watching this and i'm going oh yeah that's right joan crawford wore like a belt of weights for the scene when uh betty davis had to drag her body just to fuck her up it's like they're, they're <laughs> doing things back and forth just to fuck each other up and yeah, it's like, yeah, they don't like each other, but everything is based on their low self-esteem and their issues as aging women. Um, yeah, it's 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 great. Um, it's also making me want to see all of these older movies because they keep having... It's done in the guise of they're making a documentary about the two. And so they've got Joan Blondell and uh, Olivia de Havilland but they're they're played by Kathy Bates and Michael Douglas's wife. What the fuck is her name? Zeta Jones. Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah. Zeta um, Jones. <laughs> yes, the best part of her career is behind her, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> Shut up. So yeah, it, it, it's it's well done. It's it's fun, but it's um, yeah, it, it's making me want to watch. Well. Watched uh, Baby Jane, watched Hush Hush, Sweet Charlotte. Uh, Joan Blondell, I was like, why do I know her? Oh, well, she's in The Public Enemy, Topper Returns. She's in a bunch of stuff. All of these stars from years and years ago, you forget how big they were and like what all their movies were. There's just so many movies to watch. You you forget, you know, (laughs) they're all free on YouTube, too. 
Oh, yeah? Just okay. about. Yeah, because nobody owns S- the rights and nobody cares about the rights. All right, we'll send a list. Yeah. Let me know what your uh, your picks are. I, uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I, I like the series, but I also like how it's getting me to look back into history um, of Hollywood because there's a weird period in there where everything was studio system and then it just slowly broke down and we wound up with the 60s. <laughs> yeah. And then we wound up with the yeah. 60s. I think the 60s happened because Jack Warner wasn't there to, you know, sort of... Jack Warner died and gave us the 60s. A, fa- a fascist iron grip way, say, this is what you're going to like, this is what you're into, this is what broads look like, this is how they sound, this is what they do, and, and <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yeah. God damn. And then it was all downhill from there. Yeah. Yeah, man. Jack Warner, damn you, Jack Warner, <laughs> and your brothers, fucking Warner Brothers. Anyway, Sister Dot. Come join the Warner Brothers <laughs> Wait. and the Warner Sister Dot. Just for fun, we run around the Warner movie lot. So, feud. That was your your yes. consumption. Did you did uh, you watch the whole thing? Are you still going? I'm just about done. Okay. How many yeah. episodes is it? Eight. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, That's I totally got it for bingeable. my wife for for her birthday week. I got her a bunch of stuff for for birthday week, and I saw this. And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. She wanted to see this. Let's get us some feud." So nice, yeah. nice. And 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 again, I. Uh, uh, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Even I get tired of not being able to remember shit. Fuck it. Go move next. Okay. <laughs> so that you're you're passing the torch. That's it. Yeah, my my, my okay. brain's burned. Okay. Uh, like I said, it's 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 feud, and then it's all the oldie timey movies that I'm looking up because of feud, and okay. and the the oldie timey actresses. Um, next, I'm gonna go try and find um, Adventures of Captain Blood, the first mm. Errol Flynn Olivia De Havilland teaming. Oh, pre uh, Robin Hood. Yeah. Yeah, when he was an unknown and she was an unknown and it was a throwaway and it just did such gangbusters business that they both became huge stars. Nice. Yeah. Hollywood. Cool. Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. Well, well, I ain't got much, fellas. Uh, I got two movies, both from Netflix. Do you want the good or the bad? Um... The bad, the bad, With the bad, and then okay. and then I remembered I watched Bird Box. So so when when you, I'll I'll go back to that. No, let's touch on Bird Box. Do we need to do the Bird oh, Box challenge? Because I've got my blindfold on right now. Because I totally forgot. Yeah, I wish I had been taking the Bird Box challenge. Because <laughs> then I wear a blindfold and I wouldn't have to watch it. Um, no. Yeah, it's it's an interesting concept. I'll bet the book was interesting. I. Netflix movies have a Netflix feel, which is its own sort of version of a B movie. You know, yeah. Isn't it? We bought this from a studio that was dumping it. Like, probably that's all Netflix is doing. Maybe. It's, I mean, because it's Sandy Bullock and whoever else. And maybe that's the thing. What they buy are throwaways, and they're throwaways because they have a cheapish feel. This was a very inexpensive film and I don't mind that. I love it when a film can figure out a way to be made inexpensively, but Okay. It's so like just... it, it, I, 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 and I love apocalypse films. I love disaster films. All that shit. I'm all about it. 
but I don't know. The it, it's going to sound trite, but uh, Sandra Bullock's makeup is perfect the entire five years of the film. In 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 a world of you know, like where 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 everything is well, falling apart. Sandra's Bullock's face isn't made of skin anymore. Well, but all, all I'm saying is that you know, you got to be willing to ug up. You know, I'm sorry if if nothing is working, you that that she has a perfect smoky eye for five years is insane. At one point, she's in a house and she's you know looking for supplies, and my wife says, "Oh, check that drawer. It might be some eyeshadow." <laughs> so nice. I I have not I have not really paid much attention to this as far as i can tell this is a movie about the bug bladder beast that's so monumentally stupid that it thinks that if you can't see it it can't see you um is mm, it's more like that uh m night shamalama ding dong night movie from a few years ago that nobody saw where the which one there's there's something in the air that makes you like go crazy and then have to kill yourself and in this Mm. one it's creatures that when you see them uh you go crazy and you kill yourself Hmm. Yeah, this doesn't okay. sound too it, original. <laughs> it, it, it it always struck me that when I when I heard the premise that it would be a good double feature with the Quiet Place. You know? Yeah, that that was where I was going going then, next. And like, then we need one where you can't talk now. Yeah, or we need one where you can't smell anything. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like let's just do a whole smell horror no series. Yeah. Let's this do a whole horror series. Netflix. Yeah. Oh no no no! He who smelled uh, it. That's what it'll be called. He who smelt it. He who smelt it. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming from inside the house. Uh, nice. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's 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 the pithy thing. But basically, it's. Uh, uh, why do I think Matthew movie. McConaughey is going to star in He Who Smelt It? <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> It'd okay, be a lot cooler if like you did. It. Now, yeah. I'm sorry. That brought me back to what I don't like about it. Um, and then I've lost it. No, I got it. Um, <laughs> yes, God, no, I maybe. suck so bad. <laughs> uh, Would you like some the salmon? Movie is about this woman who's pregnant, and uh, at and it's flashing forward to her caring for these two kids, and the whole premise of the film is her realizing, or no, her accepting that she's a mother, and I'm like, why? Why isn't it about you know the the world falling apart? Why does it have to be about this? dopey woman and kids it's like there's no one left on this planet who doesn't think that children are wonderful except me why why can't we get past this kind of nonsense bird box yeah no neither you saw it oh no no i don't do the water i barely i i barely know anything about it i know that people there's a lot of pictures of sandra bullock with a blindfold on Mm -hmm. and i know uh people are doing this bird box challenge where they put blindfolds on and try to drive cars and things uh Uh, so yeah it's a thing good for them darwinian challenge (laughs) go (laughs) dumb okay yeah yeah the 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 overall theme of the film is wanting the it, but but it's nice to see somebody doing disaster films. Oh yeah, that's right. Another thing I didn't like about it is usually even if it's zombies, there's a certain understanding of what the rules are. You can go, okay, zombies. That I guess this is what would happen if there was a zombie attack. This there's no reality at all to go. Oh oh, I I see what they're afraid of. It's 
it it's such made up oh, nonsense. No. That it's you a genre can't... film that doesn't play by its own rules. Yeah, yeah. Because ah. it doesn't make any rules. That's that's the real cheat. And I'm like, uh, nah, no, I don't I don't care about any of these people who are hiding out in this house because I've seen this movie before uh, and I don't understand what they're afraid of. When somebody knocks on the door and you have a shotgun, I don't, who are you going to shoot? Because you don't know what's wrong and you haven't explained what's wrong. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Sounds amazing. That's my ranting. But I will <laughs> say box. it is a better movie than any movie I've ever made. So, you know, on that score, I'll shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Well, okay. Tip I'm, of the hat I'm to a, you, sir. Tip of yeah, the hat. I'm not big on being a critic, you know. <laughs> Chris, what's your bad movie? Uh, I finally, because it's on Netflix now, I finally saw Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh! Um, okay, okay. So, Fuck you, Solo. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a lot to say about it other than uh, I couldn't quite discern what the fucking point was. Uh, it could very easily have been a good movie had it been divorced from the whole Star Wars cinematic universe. It would have been fine if it was about something other than Han Solo. Uh, but everything this? just seemed designed to hey, this is where we put Han and Chewie together, this is where we make Han fly the Millennium Falcon, this is where we make Han uh, shoot first. Uh, that's all it was. And it was just, yeah. Yeah, by, in that regard, it was very much a Ron Howard movie. I'm just they were up that. their ass with their own mythology. Yeah. Well, it, it's a movie expressly made for the pedantic assholes on the internet who who feel like they need to nitpick. You yeah. Know? I want to know, I want everything explained in great detail, and I want it all to be cohesive. And it's like, yeah. do you... Because not only have you robbed everything of any adventure or romance or mystery, yeah, the answers are dumb. It's, yeah. Yeah. Anyone it, who says that, the, the, the immediate response should be the architect. The architect <laughs> utterly explains everything, yeah. and everyone went, fuck you. While this answer functioned, it was obviously fundamentally flawed, thus creating the otherwise contradictory systemic anomaly that if left unchecked might threaten the system itself. Ergo, those that refuse the program while a minority, if unchecked, would constitute an escalating probability of disaster. Well, yeah. I just, we, yeah, we, we'd watched it and it's just like, come on, just do something. And even as a heist movie, it was fucking dumb. They could have done so much more had they, like I say, just divorced themselves from Star Wars and actually decided to make uh, a good space heist film. Uh, it would have been so much better. But, ugh. Uh, I was Lando just, was good. Yeah. The only reason that... Don Glover is the shit. Yeah, the only reason that Nancy would watch it with me is because it, it <laughs> had Childish Landino in it, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And I can't believe it was like two hours and 15 minutes. It was just so pointless. And And now you have to deal with the fact that the Millennium Falcon was at one point a machine rights activist's <laughs> who is now just property yeah, basically getting handed off to whoever wins her in a poker game yeah and it's, taking it's orders forever yeah it's just there's no point to this movie uh i'm glad it killed any notion of future installments of the yes! spinoffs and yes uh, well what about the mandalorian i mean uh, they're gonna make a tv who, version yeah i'm not gonna watch it but you know but they they made it i know but eh. whatever so yeah, so uh, yeah, I don't have much else to say. It was just a pointless exercise, and I wasted two hours and such. 
Uh, it's sad how something could start so high and <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so as a uh, as a palate cleanser, it. as a palate cleanser, then I did do the other uh, Oscar Beatty thing. Uh, although I don't know what the rules are and if it'll work, but I so much Oscar yeah. in this episode. But I uh, I saw Roma. Have you guys seen Roma yet? Not yet. No. Oh, it is. And it is so good. Oh my god! It's very filmy, very cinema. So don't well, go into expecting like Roma. It has to be good. <laughs> um, it, not a lot happens. It's very slice of lifey. It very much harkens back to like the like the neo realism that the Italians did with like, yeah. bicycle thieves and uh, what Truffaut was doing. Yeah, five hundred blows. So that 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 promotion image was oh Rome Open City. Okay, we're yeah. going there. But uh, but it's such a beautifully shot movie, and it is so beautifully told. And I just there's so much in it that I need to go back and watch it again at some point because just Quaron stuffs a, a lot of image metaphors in there and things so it's just there's a lot going on yeah but the, I read a review that says the first shot tells you everything you need to know about how to watch that movie yeah and well the, the opening credits just basically take place with uh what is just a bird's eye view well not a bird's eye but this is just a very close up shot of someone washing uh, tile so it's just mm-hmm. the water slowly washing over, and then it sort of de- it develops from there, and uh, and it just goes. It's so such a beautiful movie, and parts of it are just so wrenching. Uh, I mean, it's just it's weird. Quaron is weird to me because he he does this kind of stuff, but then he also does the big blockbustery stuff like Gravity or the Harry Potter stuff. Uh, but Children of Men, I love, and Itumama Tambien is really good so it's just he's he's kind of hit or miss for me but yeah, uh, he made the but, best harry potter film yeah well it's the best harry potter book so what are you gonna do and but, and, uh, and i liked gravity a whole lot i liked gravity well this is the funny know? thing there's a really there's a nice winky winky in joke in here because it takes place in 1970 71 and at one point the family goes to see marooned in the theater and so he does like a cutaway and it's just like a, a astronauts marooned in space kind of thing for about 15 20 seconds mm. <laughs> so i'm like uh he's just having a little fun with you here um <laughs> so yeah so watch it when you have a shot but uh be prepared because it's 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 very, it's very involved and it's going to be a challenging uh two hours for you stuff don't blow up very much yeah so Good on you. All right. Yeah. So yeah. And that's the fresh shit. That is the fresh shit, and it was so yeah. fresh. Uh, so <laughs> we're this. We did uh, an episode about Surf to the end of a trilogy a while back. If you remember, do you remember that one? Yes. Uh, so that sort of sets the precedent for doing lost classicy stuff. Like stuff people may not recognize. I thought mm. uh, I pitched Shakes, Shakes the Clown because uh, that was a a big turning point for me in the early '90s working at the video store. Really? Did it like turn you away from all cinema? No, it it, it actually oh, okay. was uh, one of the things that boosted because it was right on the cusp of all that indie stuff. But this one just fell onto the trash heap of cinematic history. Uh, it didn't yeah. make a dent, but it has become this weird cult thing now which is just bizarre to me, but I loved it. Uh, 
then and I still like it now. I don't love it. I, 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 I forgot a lot before yeah. I watched this again. But the thing, one of the big things I, I remember is it's right on the borderline of 80s camp and sort of 90s cynicism. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is right on the edge of that. It, it teeters. It really does. Yeah. Uh, it's like you but can just see all sorts of like, you know, those, those cute 80s comedies and at the same time, just the darkness of yeah, a clown waking up in the bathroom with a kid pissing on his head. <laughs> That's yeah. the opening That's... scene, yeah. Mom! Who's the naked clown in our bathroom? So, set the stage, because I assume that a, a reasonable chunk of our audience has no idea what Shakes the Clown is. Yeah, it's the directorial debut of Bobcat Goldthwait, uh, who most people remembered from the Police Academy movies uh, and stuff. Um, bad stand-up uh, character. I, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I one, yeah. Wanted to make a movie about a clown. Yeah, was not a fan of his until he gave that guy up. Yeah. Uh, so the the movie itself, Shakes the Clown, came out in '92, early '92, I think. Uh, it is I, I, my favorite description of it was from a woman named Betsy Sherman, the critic for the Boston Globe at the time. And it's, I think this one kind of stuck, but she called it the Citizen Kane of alcoholic clown movies. Yeah. And uh, at one point, Martin Scorsese was on Conan O'Brien and actually defended that statement. So that kind of gives you the weird meta I mean, uh, deal. It's the anything you want to say about it yeah. of alcoholic clown movies. But yeah. Right? But yeah, it's essentially just uh, it follows Shakes the Clown, the pivotal character, in a, a weird made up city called Palookaville. And he's just, he's an alcoholic. I mean, it's like a Bukowski uh, barfly kind of deal. He just sort of randomly wanders through his clown career through a drunken stupor and self-loathing. And all of his friends are clowns. Like, the whole city is effectively clowns, and, and unless you're police or whatever. Well, there's clowns, there's there's party clowns, there's rodeo clowns, and there's mimes. Yeah, there's like, yeah. you know, races of clowns. That's the other thing I forgot about with this movie is the level of metaphor where, you know, I, I just thought it was funny when I saw this. And, you yeah. know, yeah, they're all clowns, but it's all uh, uh, a metaphor for the 80s stand-up scene. I mean, these are yeah. all stand-up comics. And, you know, we've, 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 we've made it they're drunks but of course in the 80s with comics it's blow and there are yeah. all these talented artists who are destroying themselves with drugs so he's talking about a scene that's only maybe 10 years old and he's disguised it and he's included all of these stand-up comics who were there yeah well it's one uh, online analysis i read i can't remember where i found it but there's not very many but uh they basically talk about how it's uh, all about the jealousy substance abuse the clannishness the backbiting, uh, all about the comedy scene, but set up as these clowns. And the, and the, I, I guess Goldthwaite based the clown bar called the Twisted Balloon in the movie, uh, where they all hang out and, and get drunk. Uh, he based that on an actual bar, uh, that comics and comedians would hang out at. Uh, and he and he said that the real bar was just as depressing and hostile as the one in the film. <laughs> so it's probably the real bar you shot it. Yeah, in. probably. Like, uh, so yeah, it's just it's we're basically it's it's the gist. It's about an alcoholic clown. There's no real plot. He at some point gets implicated in the murder of his boss and then has to clear his name. Yeah, uh, it's got but, a weird B-list cast of somewhat notables. 
Uh, it's got a, an amazing cast, I think. I, I yeah. kept looking and going, oh my God, that's Kathy Griffin pre-nose job. This yeah. is like... Yep. Slightly chunky, no nose, fucking hilarious. Yeah, she's, and she's got playing some a- of the best angry lines. I remember <laughs> even when I saw it the first time going, I love this woman. She is an asshole. Look, you got to lose this guy, all right? A bad clown could really fuck you up. Yeah. Well, the thing, she plays a, a, a woman who's a, a bartender, waitress, whatever, at the Twisted Balloon. And uh, she's trying to become a chef in Palookaville. So she's going to PCC, Palookaville Community College. Uh and just like scenes of her like mopping up just uh, quarts of grease off the plate that the pizza is sitting on. It's like grade school pizza. Uh, that's her like, culinary contribution. And then yeah. when uh, Adam Sandler is uh, Dink, I guess is his name. This is like his second film role ever. He's trying to hit on her and he's really awkward. And then when he leaves and Julie Brown is telling her, he's like, oh, he, he likes you. He he's like, you. yeah. Yeah, he's nice, but you know, he's a man. <laughs> and that right there sets up the whole, the whole thing you need to know about her character. It was amazing. I, I, but oh yeah, and uh, Tom Kenny is amazing in this. Uh, yes, our villain Tom Kenny, SpongeBob yeah. SquarePants, and he's and, like, and the, any number of other cartoons. As Binky, right? as Binky the doormat, he's like nightmare fuel in this. He is nightmare fuel. I, he's a perfect Joker. Yeah. But, oh, that's no, true. If you're a podcast fan and you listen to Comedy Bang Bang, he's uh, John Lennon. And then 1984, you were back? I leapt out of the ground. Yep. And I would travel around and not, you know, tell anyone I was alive because I like the private time, you know. Seems like your accent and dialects has sort of changed in the past uh, 30 years that you've returned as well. How do you so, mean exactly? <laughs> You know, this is how I talk. This is how I've always talked. Okay, yeah. Well, maybe you're just acclimating yourself. Well, you're probably used to my singing voice, which is slightly different. Let's hear a little bit of that. Oh, yes, I want to dance around and love you all the time. Is that a new song you've been working on? That's an old one. We never released it. (laughs) Oh, why not? It wasn't very good. Oh, okay. And who else is in this? God, I made a whole fucking list of... Uh, uh, Let's see. Paul Dooley plays Owen Cheese, and he's the dad from 16 Candles. Yeah. Whatever did happen to Tim Kazarinski, uh, uh, I don't knows? know, but this is probably then, the last uh, time anyone saw him alive. Really? Maybe well, he retired. not dead, but no one's seen uh, him. But also uh, an uncredited role uh, cameo to Robin Williams as mm-hmm. uh, Angry Mime Jerry. Mime Chuck, would you like to be my little helper today? Yeah. Oh, that'd be tremendous. <laughs> Come on up, Chuck. You forgot the stairs. There's stairs here. Whoa, there we go. Come on up there. There we are. All right. Chuck, I think in the future, the underwear should go on the inside. Let's keep Mom's candy red pantyhose at home, okay? I don't want to see what religion you are. Ready? And let's start with our walls and go. Come on, Chuck. We're doing a wall now. Chuck, you're not copping a feel on a big titty lady. Let's make a wall, okay? Chuck, are we on medication or we don't know what a wall is? Let's make it a single wall. Not putting your hand in shit. Come on, Chuck. Tighten the little breast up there or I'll break it. There we ah. go. There you go, Chuck. Tighten it. Uh, he's billed as Marty Fromage. But yeah. uh, it's basically <laughs> Robin Williams as a mime and he's just angry. He's bitter. It's just and weird. And it's probably the one time I thought that Robin Williams was funny in a film. Well, there's always Dead Poet Society. You can fall back on that one. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> wasn't it, though? But he wasn't uh, funny in it. The kid killing himself was funny. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this movie, it's just... 
I think I think Goldthwaite's on a record as looking back on it, just going, "What the hell were we thinking?" I mean, it's just you know, uh, it's a lot of disjointed ideas sort of slapped together. I guess my thing is, I watched it and I I, I said, "This is really smart because it's a very simple story, yeah. but it's all character driven. It's completely character driven." Yeah, and exactly. that's what makes it work. the The thing that sets off the story is binky's poor character the thing that puts shakes in jeopardy is his alcoholism it's it's like it all kind of works yeah well it's you know it it, i think that's the reason that it's probably uh still around today and has that cult status uh but i just remember when it came out and i loved it uh because it just was was not anything like you had seen before Mm -hmm. And then you would try to explain it to people that had never heard of it, and you could just see their eyeballs rolling into the back of their head as you're like, "Oh, it's about an alcoholic clown, blah blah blah," and they're like, "What the?" You know, I was I was one of these people. So <laughs> yeah. like, the movie comes out, and we go watch it, and Chris and I saw a different movie or something because I hated it, and <laughs> Chris is all over this thing. And then every now and then, you know, we get together. It's like, "Hey, let's watch Shakes the Fucking Clown," and I'm like, "Oh, can we? Yeah, yeah, sure, put that on, <laughs> yeah." Yay! Body of Binky. Uh, Body of Binky. Yeah. Pretzel? (coughs) Yes, please. Yes, please. No, no. You don't take the pretzel. I give you the pretzel. Open. Body of Binky. I'm in. Hey, you clowns are all dope. It just got so many good lines in the whole thing. You <laughs> now, know? it yeah. So when it, when he when he suggested it for this episode, I'm like, oh fuck, I have to watch Shakes the Goddamn Clown again. <laughs> and you know what? It was it was better. It's still yeah. not good, but it was. Aww. I was okay it's, with it. Well, At least it, I was able to see it as the metaphor more than just like a clown joke that gets old by the time the credits roll. Yeah, the first the first couple hundred times you see it, you don't really catch the the subtext because you're just totally focused on hey, it's an alcoholic clown being a total douchebag to everybody, uh, and then getting his life together. But, I guess I saw so much more. I saw a guy who, he's not just an alcoholic clown. That's almost dismissive. He is an artist who is really good at being a clown because yeah. he's really good at identifying with children. His problem is he's grown up to be an adult and adults are assholes and he's trapped in that. It's almost yeah. like he has to make peace with being both a child and a man. And I, well, I, I, I thought it was like so wonderful and again, simple in that way yeah i i think it's about expectations i'm going in expecting a movie that's going to crack me up and (laughs) it's not that it's a movie about alcoholism (laughs) and it's a pretty hard-hitting movie about alcoholism really as i was i was watching it this weekend as a refresher it really did strike me that this would be a, a really good companion movie to something like lost weekend or Days of Wine and Roses. I was uh, thinking Permanent Midnight. Permanent Midnight, yeah, Trees Lounge, any of that stuff. It would fit right in, only this one's actually, you know, purposely funny. But, uh, you know, that's Goldthwait's it's thing, meta. though. It's referring yeah. to those other films, and it's treating that aspect of alcoholism very seriously. But at the yeah. same time, every five minutes you go, oh, wait, what the fuck? These are clowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, just the fact that they it's just clowns being portrayed as actual people with real life issues and problems. I mean, it's weird. It's a weird juxtaposition, and I think it works. And never out of the clown makeup. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he wakes up because yeah. a kid pissed on his face. 
but otherwise it is a pretty quotable movie and and uh there's some fun bits like uh there's one point where he's at a party and he's just telling this this shitty kid off he's like if you blow that horn one more time i'm gonna shove it right up your ass Let me explain something to you. You're a loser. Your parents had to pay grown men to come and play with you today because kids collectively on a whole think you suck. All right? Laying <laughs> into the kid. Hmm. Well, it's just like and we're not apologizing because he's he's a kid too and he gets that that was out of line. It's like that's where the yeah. grown-up and the child come into conflict. Yeah. In him. Well, well it's you know, it the tone is set immediately with the opening scene, him waking up drunk on the floor because uh, Florence Henderson brought him home. And uh, you're my first clown. You're my first clown. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, last night when I got here, I had, I had a wig. This one? What, wait, you got others? No. You're my first clown. It's like, whoa. And he's, just, and he's getting all into the kid's shit because the kid's a total dick to him, and rightfully so. Uh, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, kid. You know, here's, you know, go buy yourself something nice. He's like, a dollar. Thanks, Elvis. This will go a long way in the toy store. <laughs> like the kid walks <laughs> off. You know, that that totally sets the whole tone for the movie, is that, that like, first two or three minutes. Did, did uh, you feel very solid. maybe that... Did you feel maybe that the Fairley brothers ripped them off with... Oh, that definitely. Because it so definitely. feels like the landlady in uh, yeah. Kingpins. Oh, yeah. There's a lot going on here. Uh... And I think because it got swept under the rug uh, for so long that it, you know, it it took a while to sort of gestate and reach some sort of, you know, audience. Because mm. uh, it was it had like a one point four million dollar budget, which is just insane, even for ninety two. I mean, that's like nothing. Uh, right. And then what did it make? Like ten thousand dollars? Like one hundred fifteen thousand. I mean, yeah. it made nothing. Uh, it literally was out and then gone in the blink of an eye. I mean, I didn't catch it until video. So, uh, the anecdote I saw um, on the internet was uh, Tom Kenny found a, a rented VHS of his own movie where his kid <laughs> yeah. found it in his house, and he took it back to the video store. He was like, "I'll pay for it," and the video clerk was like, "Eh, whatever, dude, keep it." And yeah, he's bother? like, "Yeah, even the video store doesn't care." Yeah. about shakes the clown uh i well when i worked at blockbuster i scooped up our used copy our single used copy of course uh, you did pretty fucking quick because it didn't make any money even though i tried my best to get people to rent it they wouldn't do it uh when go figure. Uh, bob goldthwaite was trying to get funding for the movie and he was doing pitch meetings he uh, it's a great quote where he's talking about trying to pitch this film and he says that yeah it's sort of a uh, it's sort of a mix between barfly and sid and nancy and the <laughs> studio guy says but those movies didn't make any money and he says and et it's a lot like et yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i like the fact that it was a really loose deal i mean it's his first movie uh he's really just hiring a bunch of his comedian buddies uh to get in there and uh it basically was j- just a loose script and he let everybody improvise as much as possible, which I think suits it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know so why you, he would bash this film though, because as much as I love him and his filmography, it's not like he's gotten better. I mean, they're well, all about the same level of angry and shot on a shoestring. Well, I would, I would say world's greatest dad uh, is a good juxtaposition for it. Cause I did watch that this weekend as well, just as a comparison. 
Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, there's there's a good 16, 18 years separating the two. And it's definitely a lot more polished. So he, he definitely learned a few things. Is, is Bobcat Goldthwait the only person to capture the authentic Robin Williams on film? Probably. Yeah. I mean, they were friends, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, it's uh, it works. And he's uh, the only one who defended the suicide. He's the only one who said, "Look, uh, uh, he's, he he didn't chicken out. He was he was mentally ill. You know, yeah. maybe you need to stop with the judging you for shits." Yeah. Well, that's the thing that, you know, you get these outrageous things and Bobcat Goldthwaite has said that he traffics in making people uncomfortable. That's like his his deal. You know, that's what he enjoys doing. So he stirs yeah. the pot a little bit and uh, and throws these weird, dark truths at people, but he puts them in these weird, you know, comic situations almost. Uh, and that's why Shakes the Clown works for for me so well. It's because on its face, it's just, what the hell is this? But then you start looking, it's like, oh, damn. It's, you know, I get it now. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still a, a goofball movie, uh, most of the way through, but it's definitely, there's a humanism that runs through it that you just don't expect until you kind of get caught off guard by it. It's just weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and he does advance with, uh, you know, God bless America, uh, where he's actually taking issue with the outside world in a way that makes sense. It's kind of hard to go, oh, yeah, this is what an alcoholic clown would be like. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, you know, he's got a lot to say. It's good. But uh, but just the allowing his actors to do what they, they do, I think, is, uh, is strong on his point uh, for, you know, an actual filmmaker. He's like, well, you know, this is my first deal, but I'm just going to let him roll. I think that shows a lot of uh, confidence in what he's got going there. So it's it's fun. But the fact that all of the, the best lines are improvised, just it kills me. Like the Yeah, I was trying to bait you into some quotables because LaWanda Page has two of the best quotes. <laughs> Dude, that's my favorite line of the whole fucking yeah. movie. And yeah. I think it's also the one that turns people off when you try to get them to watch it. But it's when she's like, as soon as that camera turns off... As soon as that camera is off, he gonna fuck that little dog. Uh, it's just so crass. And and the peanut butter one. Yeah. Yeah. Weathermen get a lot of pussy. Weathermen don't get the kind of pussy I got. I got that peanut butter pussy. Brown, smooth, and easy to spread. Let me ask you something. Would you recommend this movie to family? Uh, no. Okay, would you recommend this film to coworkers? I have in the past, but coworkers yeah, that, no. you know, sort of coworkers that were like, right. you know, this guy's cool. Uh, we'll see. Would you recommend this film to your grown children? Sure. Why um, not? Depends one or two of them. Maybe. Well, mine are dogs and Chris's are cats, so this is really <laughs> yeah. just for Brian. I'm the one with grown children. I can yeah. say that some of them could could hang and others could not yeah hmm. i like the whole hierarchy that he sets up too uh as brian mentioned earlier it's like there's there's the party clowns which is shakes and his company uh then there's the rodeo clowns who are a little bit more hillbilly rednecky hard-edged uh coke dealer types and they're almost like a like a mafia <laughs> i mean it's like they're they're hmm. gangsters which is just funny to watch and then uh and then mimes which are just shit on by everybody uh, in this hierarchy, and that okay, was just so funny to watch. Is there a clear watch. analog here to like 
the stand-up comedy world in the 80s then? Like, who are the rodeo clowns supposed to represent? Like, I, think I, the ro- I think the rodeo clowns are like the edgy uh, comics. I think that was sort of what he was going okay, for. Okay, so like the dice clays. The ones brought in the blow. Yeah. The Sam Kinison's. Yeah, and the ones that just don't give a shit about anything uh, kind of deal. Yeah. And, uh, the, and okay. the mimes, I'm not sure were particular comedian type it was definite homophobia though it was yeah. you know gay bashing made yeah. funny uh, uh well it's just, that's also not. one of my favorite <laughs> scenes which uh when you when you recognize that it's uh a statement on homophobia you kind of uh catch yourself a little bit but when they when they're drunk in the car and the me and the boys is playing and it's like a rock yeah. and rock is good time and then they stop because they see a couple of mimes in the park <laughs> and they go ah! <laughs> Silent motherfucker! And then they start beating them all up. And it's like, you cannot, but you cannot hide! You only pick on us because we're artists! You only pick on us because we're artists! Get out of this box! And so, uh, and then when they're driving off and it's Adam Sandler just going, learn how to speak! Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow. It's funny. But then you go, it's not funny. And I think it's that's not. the beauty of, of Goldthwaite. I mean, he he tends to just tweak it just enough to where it's like, yeah, this could go either way, man. This could you know go what? either way. I, I, what I like about this, though, what I like about the, <laughs> that ambiguity of whether or not this is okay is yeah. that basically it does kind of ask you, if you think about it, are we uh, against homophobia? This isn't what he was thinking then. This is what it's turned into now. We know homophobia is wrong now, right? Because it's a learned behavior. But if we apply it to something where we don't give a shit and it's just funny to watch somebody get beat up for being different, are we okay with it? Because we're talking about mimes, so who gives a shit? Yeah. It's (laughs) it's a a weird we've we stop going, you know what, beating somebody up for being different is wrong. Not beating up somebody for being gay is wrong. Beating up somebody for being different is wrong. Yeah. yeah, lose no, that. but it's always funny to watch somebody do something dumb that hurts themselves, apparently. Like, I just tried to Google funny videos on YouTube last week, for, <laughs> you know, because I was bored. Yeah. And, like, all the results are basically, ow, my balls, mm-hmm. right? Like, <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ, world. Yeah. Well, and it hasn't I, changed I much. I really recommend you go find uh, a, was it, a squirrel eating a mini burrito. It is the cutest, most darling thing you've ever seen. <laughs> it's this guy who yeah. makes these tiny little pieces of food and gives it to a squirrel, and a squirrel eats them. It's just amazing. Yeah. Well, I'll let it uh, <laughs> well, I don't think any any discussion about shakes is not complete without getting a little more in depth onto uh, Binky, played by Tom Kenny. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you another uh, extremely interesting thing about me is that even though I've got this big-time cartoon show on the air now, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to be one iota different than I ever was. And you know why I'm not going to change? Why? Because I'm an asshole! Asshole! You all hate me. You all loathe me. Make fun of my jokes. Think I'm not funny. Think my balloon animals suck. He's the perfect foil, yet he's not really in this movie all that much. But when he like is, yeah, it's when he is, it just it, like all of the scenery just dissipates and it's just him. It's the weirdest yeah. thing to watch. Uh, <laughs> and he's so fucking evil and menacing, yet he's so pathetic. It's just this weird tightrope that they walk, you know? 
But he's yeah. at like he's at the bar with the the two older clowns, and he gives us a whole speech about you all loathe me, you don't think I'm funny, you know, getting all the thing, and then it's the whole Binky the doormat speech. And then when he leaves, because yeah. he's got to go buy some Coke, they're like, why do I hate it when he always buys the drinks? <laughs> it's like, that's totally perfect right there. Binky the doormat. Binky the doormat. That should be my name. Not Binky the clown. Binky the doormat. Everybody walks all I don't stick up for myself. They say the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I'm the quietest fucking wheel you've ever seen, because I don't bitch about anything. I'm a wimp. Fucking nuts. That's what I am. Insane. No, I'm not insane. I'm just different. Didn't wear my crystal today. That always makes me a little tense. It's perfect cokehead behavior. You know, yeah. it's like, here's another thing that reminds me of me. That's yeah. the kind of shit you always hear cokeheads say. Here's here's the thing I don't get about Binky. So Binky has framed shakes for killing whatever the other guy's name was. Mr. Cheese. Mr. Cheese. Mr. Cheese. And now Shakes's sort of girlfriend has has sort of stumbled onto the truth and Binky's got to kill her too and and the way he chooses to do it is to throw knives at her in front of a bunch of children yeah because he's a fucking cokehead that's gonna gonna cover up the murder of uh, yeah Yeah. I I, I get it I'm not trying to I I shouldn't try to analyze this movie too much but I felt like that should make a little more sense Maybe yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was just again. He's broken. I mean, this is a guy who's just. Yeah, he also just, you know beat up Mr. Cheese for no beat Mr. Cheese to death for yeah. no reason because he because he caught him eating some beef, some white yeah. powdery beef. <laughs> hey, wait a minute! You clowns are on dope. Where you going, old man? You didn't see nothing, all right? You saw five happy, jolly clowns sitting around eating a a big plate of beef. White, powdery beef. When that hit, that scene, (laughs) I laughed so hard. And then for like three weeks, that's all I could do. White, powdery beef. What the hell is wrong with you? I have no idea what the fuck we were talking about. Well, like, we'd be, I just remember we would, we would all just start quoting randomly in like uh, bars and things. And then everything would always wind up with body of binky. You know, you don't take the pretzel, I give you the pretzel. No, it was yummy. My teacher just nearly puked when he tried my peach flan, that's all. Are you serious? It can't be that bad. Here, let me try it. Would you? Sure. You like it? Yeah. It's good. You spit it out. No, I didn't. I saw you. No, it was <laughs> yummy. <laughs> it's just so insane. Uh, but yeah. Really? Lucky me. Get the fuck off me. Until I see you tomorrow, <laughs> be good to yourself and be your own dessert. <laughs> Bye-bye. God, that was super. What is it? Lucky me. Get the fuck off me, you shithead. I gotta be fired. But Judy, it's just, it's weird uh, when you look at some of the other stuff that happens with it, though, because uh, some of the casting was not what Bobcat wanted. Uh, he originally wrote Shakes to be played by John Goodman. Could you imagine that? I mean, that's just... No. Uh, I mean, no. that's like like Walter Subchick cranked to like 50. I mean, that's how I imagine that character being played. And then uh, I think 
Demi Moore auditioned to play Judy, the Julie Brown role. I can kind of see it. I can kind of uh, see it. And then Stenchy, the clown that wears the dress, uh, was almost Colin Quinn. But then when he oh, found that out, totally he had, makes sense. Well, he, when he found out he had to wear a dress, he said, "No, forget it." Yeah, <laughs> didn't want to be a mime. No. Yeah. So it's yeah. There's just so much, but yeah, it's. I think it's a well misunderstood movie. It's got like a 38 percent Rotten Tomatoes rating. I mean, it's just people don't don't tend to gravitate towards it, and I yeah. think that's why I would it's. Say it's, it's not an easy comedy, but it's a comedy you should see if just to discuss it with your friends because it's yeah. got so much going on. It yeah. literally works on a number of levels, which usually only means it works on two levels. In this case, it works on several levels. Yeah. Because it's just, it's goofball, screwball, uh, absurdist, scatological humor on the on the sheen. But then you start getting into very pointed barbs at various segments of the uh, mm-hmm. And of a very character-driven yeah. story. How often have you seen it? How many times have you seen it? I'm guessing, Brian, you've seen it like twice now. I've seen it when I was at Chris's place and they would keep putting it on. Yeah. And then I saw it this weekend because podcast. Well, to be fair, I mean, it literally was on almost every other day for like a year. I remember like 92, 93. It was pretty, pretty much in rotation. I've blocked most of those memories. um, Yeah. But. Yeah, was, the quotes stuck with me. It was a go-to. If you didn't have anything else, you would just say, hey, let's put on shakes. Okay. I'd uh, say I, I roughly have the same amount of exposure, but also including the times we would play it in the video store. You would actually play it in the video store? Yep. Holy crikey. Our manager was like, as long as you don't hear swear words, play what you want uh, after a Would certain like- hour. And, uh, and, yeah, so, well, and you I just, just didn't there, care. Like hovering the mute button. Okay, nope. Okay, yeah, keep uh. going. Okay, nope. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that, just, that just makes me think of the, the deal where they're all sitting at the table and they figure out that... Uh, I can't remember what, what the impetus was. Uh, I guess it's when Shakes was going to have his big plan and they were going to go get him. And <laughs> Kathy Griffin just was like, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph hanging off the cross. God damn it, Shh shit it's like that's her that's her swear i can't believe you let that play in the video store that's amazing that's the kind that's that's maybe a part where i would then hit mute yeah oh no i i there was another manager marianne she would go watch porn in the children's section like uh (laughs) after 10 when everything was pretty much done but we weren't closed yet yeah she'd she'd put on porn you'd hear her go oh my god look at the size of that one yeah it was a classy fucking place (laughs) Well, I I've totally forgotten uh this line uh until I watched it this weekend, but it's the two cops when they're sitting in the car just having their banter and the one cop he's like just ask me anything. Just anything. And he says, Okay, what's a Shondell? And then they have the discussion about Motown and what a Shondell is, and he's all, What the fuck are you asking me that for? I mean it's just it feel so like re- that yeah. pair was the uh uh precursor to the Sonic ads. Yeah. two guys in a car just bitching about stupid shit. Yeah. That's basically all it was. It's good. That's that's pretty much uh, Shakes the Clown in a nutshell. Uh, okay. You know, not much else you can add or subtract from it other than yeah. if you like movies about alcoholic clowns, then this is pretty much it. It's the Citizen Kane of alcoholic clown movies. 
I don't think there's got to be that. some people who are fans of this too. And I'm guessing if 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 there are, they're listening to this show because they were searching for Shakes the Clown on a whim. Uh, so you know, you should probably write us and tell us what you think of Shakes the Clown because, God damn it, we really do actually want to know. Um, that's true. What he said do right we, there, that's true. We, we do. <laughs> so here's the, here's Hold the on, I want to I want to call us out on this front because oh. I actually uh, looked at our reviews of the podcast uh, yeah. this week. Oh yeah, and there's a review from like May of last year that I hadn't noticed. Oh, um, they asked us to do something, and we we ignored this person entirely. Where was this review posted? This is on iTunes. Oh, I don't ever go well, to who iTunes. Looks at that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's your job. That's your department. So you got to tell us these things. This is from May tenth of twenty eighteen. Okay. So we're slow. Uh, from from Turl the Pearl, who gave us five stars, said excellent okay. podcast, and we we'd been begging for this, and we ignored it. Turl the Pearl says. Um, Let's see. We'd love to hear your take on movies we loved in our youth and how they play now that we're adults and some of us rewatching movies we loved with our kids. I actually think that we've kind of done that, but he says uh, one example is the movie Beethoven. As a kid, I thought the dad was the worst, but now I really empathize with a career-driven man who just wants a clean house. Okay. I'm pretty sure I brought this to your guys' attention and you just sort of walked over it. I I might have. I remember specifically going... Like reading that and and Chris saying, well, that's what we do every week. Yeah, is look well, back and also <laughs> also to be, what year was this? Was this last year or the year last before? Last year, last year in May, like right around the anniversary of the show. Okay, we yeah, cared. we we still didn't know what the hell we were doing back then. So uh, <laughs> that's all, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, uh, I'll say I I, I did because I brought it to their attention. They didn't know what they're doing because they walked right over it. I yeah, <laughs> and and Eric is notorious for not sticking up for himself. Uh, yes. All right. <laughs> Put us to the test, people. I want you to go to iTunes. I want you to go to Stitcher. I want you to rate us and write a review and see if we notice. All right? Yeah. Do new, it. New year, new Share us. Share the podcast with your friends. Yeah. yeah. Hit us but, up uh, on Twitter. Is that a hat? At MagHuge. <laughs> Find us on Facebook. Go to Instagram. We're magnificently huge. Yeah. Go to our website, maghuge.com. What was that again? M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. <laughs> Dear God, There's, notice yeah, us. We're, we're For the love of Christ. Am I alone in this universe? <laughs> 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 This has been a magnificently huge podcast.